We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Chris, Mad Dog, Russo. You guys are the best. The both of you. Afternoons on the score. Yeah, you know, I sat up here and I talked about, I don't know if it was up here with Jeff, but I talked about being a multiplier. Like, you want to talk about a multiplier, like a multiplier on the field. But, you know, again, we were doing exit interviews and talking to our guys throughout the year. Like, he helped that entire defense. I think it, it when you add players like that, all of a sudden, I think you could kind of see everyone had a little bit more swagger to them, and I think it affected the back end. You saw the interceptions go up. Um, you saw us win more games, so um, really good of uh, the Tez, the Tez effect there. Um, so really proud of that one, and a great human being too. So that's uh, that's Montez. Oh yeah, bonus episode for the postseason. <laughs> it had to be. Come had on, to be. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, the Tez It's so dumb that it makes it brilliant. Shane, what's Granny doing on this episode? <laughs> this week on That's Montez. Montez leaves school for the first time, ready to enjoy his winter break with his family and friends. Oh. <laughs> Listen to the man laugh. But what about Granny? Granny was left behind. Another one of her hijinks. <laughs> uh, and then in a sad twist, Granny passed away. So Aww. sad. Sorry. Yikes, dude. <laughs> they should have we checked. We weren't going there. She was at the diner. They should have checked on Granny. Someone get that air tag back on Granny. <laughs> <laughs> Granny's medication has oh, to no. be refilled. Has Granny got a movie coming out, or is she doing a spinoff series on another network? <laughs> this What's is going terrible. On? I don't know, man. This, this is it's terrible. only a matter of time. Now, you know, next week is a very special That's Montez. <laughs> Hope the Maytag man isn't there. <laughs> The Sweat family comes together to honor Granny. That's right. That's right. No big laughs in that one. No. No, it's a real downer. But we all learned a little something. Yeah, of course. That's Montez. Watch out for those track marks on Granny. You never know. Okay. Now it's time to It's an A&E series. All right? It's a little dark. All right. All right. So now, Ryan Poles. Yeah, I snorted. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, control that one. Ryan Poles messaging. We we, well, we trust him for the most part. I think most. I think he's he's got the highest approval rating of ever anyone who spoke. Right? I think absolutely. And when he's right there in that opening segment, he's talking about how he's proud of the Montez sweat trade. He should be, and the effect that it had on the whole defense and DJ Moore as well. And when he speaks, even when things are going poorly, he generally does a very good job. Like he did a good job after Roquan Smith. He did a good job after Allen Williams. Like. He does a good job when people are skeptical. He knows how to convey a message. So there is a good part here I want you guys to hear in relation to the Montez trade about how there was another trade that he made that didn't work out so well and why that informed him to still go ahead and make this trade for Montez. Okay, excellent. So he references the Claypool trade, even if he doesn't name it directly. So this is before any cross-examination. This is, I know everyone's watching. This is what I'm going to try to get across to the fans through the media. We've worked with PR on this. We've worked with Kevin Warren. We've worked with Matt Eberflus. We've fired Luke Getze. We've retained Matt Eberflus. I know it's not popular on the internet, 
Let's see how I can sell you on it. Here is your head salesman for football, Ryan Poles. Uh, kick it off with you know a little gratitude here. I want to start by thanking our fans, uh, their support, their energy uh, that they gave this year was incredible. You know, I take my little walk before each game, and the amount of advice uh, that I get is is incredible. Uh, you know, the big part of that too is to win five of the seven games at home, so our fan base sees the progress that we're making. Uh, they can feel that energy. They can see these these new players here make an impact um, on our game. It is a, a really special thing. I want to thank our players. The time, the energy that they put into it uh, was outstanding this year. There's a lot of change to start the season. Uh, they really poured into each other and, and invested in each other. I can't tell you how many times I got stories of, you know, the D-line was eating dinner over here. The O-line uh, was over here eating dinner and spending time with each other. You could feel that. Um, and the guys made plays. I, I was really excited for, you know, Montez and, and the uh, impact that he had. Um, DJ, Jalen, guys are stepping up and making plays that are going to help us take the next step. We're really, really grateful for them. Uh, I do want to single out Mercedes Lewis. That's a special human being. Um, and I know he's played a, a lot in this league, but was a really key addition to our staff, I'm, our our um, our team in our locker room, the leadership through some of the hard times, the things that he said to pull guys together um, was outstanding. And I'm really, really thankful for him. Um, Coach Flus, his leadership through hard times. Um, we had some adversity early in the season, in the middle of the season. Uh, his ability to stand strong and, and keep the team together was incredible. Um, he, his ability to adapt and adjust as we went along, you know, he had sudden change in terms of his role. And I thought we benefited from that. I thought we got better from that point. And I'm really happy for him. Um, our staff, we take surveys um, from our players just to see you know, how each department does. And the feedback that we got on our strength conditioning staff, our player performance, our trainers, our clinicians was incredible. We have an elite, a really a rare group there. Um, and those players feel that. And, and they feel like they're being put in the best position to be successful. Um, on and off the field. And then want to take some time, you know, George and Kevin, their leadership through the year was incredible. Um, they support our vision. One of the things that I'll never forget is reflecting in the middle of the year on a trade that didn't go well for me. I was bummed about it, um, took ownership of it. I always have a decision log that I go through and talk about, you know, what I can do better. And we met on that and, they both supported me in terms of saying, keep shooting your shot, man. If you if you put your um, your log together, you're hitting those boxes that it feels right and it's going to help our team keep shooting your shot. And for a decision maker to have that type of support is incredible. The last two to three days we spent really reflecting, gathering information on the year. Uh, really Monday from I think it was 7 in the morning to about 4, 4.30 in the evening. We did exit meetings with every single player on our, our team. Uh, we want to know what we're doing well, uh, what we're struggling, what can be corrected, anything from team travel to coaching to all of those uh, parts. And we spent time together on Tuesday to go over the year. Again, what went well, what didn't go well, and, and gather that information. I came away with really two feelings. Uh, one was there was a little disappointment. I wish there were some games that we finished. We were ahead of which we finished those games and really took this thing to a higher level than where we are now. Um, because at the end of the day, our goal is to win championships and to win the division, and we came up short of that. 
However, I also was really proud of the steps that we did take. Um, if you really look back and, and really look at the starting point and then look at where we are today, you can't tell me you don't see the difference. Um, we're making strong progress. We're doing it the right way. It's built on a solid foundation. It's not a house of cards. It's going to continue to go up um, as we continue to uh, have um, continuity with our with our roster. And that makes the future really bright for us. Um, we have flexibility with our cap space. We have a really unique draft situation that's going to allow us to continue to get better. Uh, and like I said, most importantly, the continuity part is going to be critical because when you bring all those things together, we're just going to keep climbing. I have uh, I have no issue with the stuff there at the end about how we felt about the year and what they got from the exit interviews. Yes, they needed to finish. And that can be quarterback, and I hope they change quarterbacks and address that, and it obviously can be head coach. But the progress is undeniable. As you watch it and have seen the thing, they were the games that they were in, what, 13 out of the last 14, and built on the foundation of the roster and the things they built. I think, I think that is clear. So I, I understand the frustration, and I would have been fine if they moved on from Flus. But especially as it relates to the conversation we had with Pat Manley earlier in terms of like seeing the team come together, the team, you know, make progress, the team play better. I think that part is undeniably true. And I think Ryan Poles saw it and it matters to him. Yeah, I uh, listen, I think that he's good at this overall. You know, they had adversity this year that they created by guys that they hired. You know, so I he I think in some ways he is painting this as positively as possible, and that's what PR is. That that you know, I joke about how I would hate to work in PR because you work for a college football team or something in in public relations, and your team loses forty to six, and your lead story has to be you know sophomore kicker makes two field goals in forty to six loss. Like sometimes you got to put lipstick on a pig, and this season wasn't a total failure. If it is pass fail, they got to fail. They. They won seven games. They didn't weren't competitive against the Packers uh, to bookend their season, and they missed the playoffs. So I don't think it was a successful season by any means, and I think they're probably going to change quarterbacks in the offseason. So Fields didn't establish himself as the answer to the Bears long-term. But there were really nice things that happened. They have a really good young core that's under contract, and Ryan Poles gets a ton of credit for it. And if they pass on Caleb Williams, I'll be floored. But I will have to get to, I trust Ryan Poles. He will then be seeing something in him to not draft him. And he's better at this than I am. And he's proven that. And it's his job to do it. And I do think that from the, again, the pure football standpoint, uh-huh. both options should be pretty good. Pretty good. They, they both they both should be. Next year's Bears team they're going to go into it with either way with expectations of making the playoffs, at least from this radio host. I will, they will need to make the playoffs next year, whether it's with Justin Fields or with a rookie quarterback. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think the rookie will reset some of the expectations in some sections of the fan base and in the media. I, yeah, but we've seen it. You know what I mean? If you do, if you do a good job. And you had the opportunity to draft anyone you want or take continuity and hire anyone you want, what you want, but you chose continuity at head coach. Like 
you made those decisions, and you're in Montez Sweat's prime, and Jalen Johnson's prime, and DJ Moore's prime, and mm-hmm. Cole Komet's prime, and all of those guys. Like you won seven games. The goal isn't going to be to go backwards, you know. And if you win, if you won what one more game, you would have been playing for your own playoff spot mm-hmm. in Week 18. Yeah, now so, with with seven playoff teams in each conference, you, that's what I'm saying. You ought to be. Yeah, I'm not saying that they need to be a Super Bowl contender sure. next year, especially with a rookie quarterback. But no, I. Justin Fields or rookie quarterback, there will be expectations that they go to the playoffs, even if there will be some bumps with a learning curve for any rookie quarterback, which exists. So it's instructive to listen to a four and a half minute clip of the opening statement and the choices that are made for messaging, praising the training staff and the physical performance staff and stuff like that. And to Tani's point that he brought up before we played it. The Chase Claypool trade being a bad decision on his own decision log and then talking to Kevin Warren and to George McCaskey who said, hey, man, keep shooting your shot. And he's proud of the shot that he then shot or shooted with um, with Montez Sweat. He's awfully proud of that. And that's that's good leadership from those guys to say to him, yeah, all right, you got that one wrong. Don't don't let that stop you. Keep going. What I haven't heard, and maybe it's just because this is a question that has to be asked after they actually do draft the quarterback and they aren't committing to drafting the quarterback yet, but my biggest issue with retaining Eberflus is that I just can't possibly believe you could make the argument rationally that he's the best guy to be the head coach of the number one pick in the draft at quarterback. Like, you, you know, I just, I can't, I don't think you can make the argument. Well, how, how, how would, how would they do it? They would say, he's a great leader of men. He's building the team around him. He's setting it's up not just the quarterback the, it's for not, the nest. It's not just the quarterback. Uh-huh. It's about a team and the team game and culture. And team and, culture and team philosophy will support the young quarterback as, yeah. as, as they learn and grow. And oh, by the way, he hired a great offensive coordinator to work with him. Is but, what they'll say. But yeah, but. The last offensive coordinator that he hired, you just, you just fired. Correct. And Ryan Poles is saying that he's going to have a big input on who the offensive coordinator is going to be. So you're not even fully trusting him to hire the next OC. So like, I just, I personally think that's a really tough sell that they're trying to do here. But they would say it's not just the quarterback and they're not even committing to doing it yet. And to what we played earlier, you know, maybe the quarterback's so good that he is coach and system proof. And hopefully they hire an offensive coordinator who's empowered, who can maximize them. Thank you, That's what you got to hope for. Thank you to the mob for hanging with us on an, an interesting day. Yeah, weird day for us, obviously, you know, with uh, the, the press conference and broadcast rights for it. But uh, great job by our production staff, Tanny and Shane, did an incredible job behind the scenes turning that around and giving you all of the hits from it. Uh, not the hits principle, but the actual hits themselves. Thank you to Pat Manley and Mark Grody for doing a great job and setting the scene out there. Tomorrow's show's a monster. Uh, Olin Krutz, his first reaction to keeping Eberflus, firing Getze, and what everybody had to say is tomorrow at 2.40. Boomer Esiason wasn't with us this year, but has agreed to come on to weigh in on what he would do with Fields v. Caleb. His best friend is Frank Reich. They were college roommates. He's going to be considered a top guy for the offensive coordinator. What Boomer thinks of the Bears' future at quarterback and offensive coordinator in the offseason, he's at three. And Dave Wanstead, he knows all those guys that just got fired. He's worked with Getsy and Janoko. 
He's in studio at 4 o'clock tomorrow. So tomorrow's show's a monster. Plus, oh, yeah, by the way, the Cubs added a pitcher. Yeah. And we'll be at Cubs convention on Friday. Craig Council going to join the show at 3.40. Yeah. Nico the, Horner at 5 the, on Friday. Which is huge. And and that Cubs signing could open the floodgates to some other stuff, which could happen even before Friday. So lots to catch up on there. Yeah, we got a ton to do, as always. Uh, it's never a slow time around here. So, again, thanks to Shane and Tanny. Fantastic work, as always. Kevin Lapka, Connor O'Donnell, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sirs. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins and Spiegel. This is The Score. Pull it down! Pull it down! We did that! We did that! I love this song. Really? Yes. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Stevie. Yes. Sing songs, I'm dropping, singing. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.